being an adult is hard, eh? God, I know. When I think back on my childhood, I thought to myself, geez, my parents, you know, they feed me, they clothe me, they give me a place to, that's nice and warm to sleep in the winter and nice and cool in the summer. And then you grow up and you think to yourself, where did things go wrong? But, you know, being an adult is hard. you got to have a job. you got to pay your bills. The worst part is you got to get out of bed. That's what pisses a lot of people off, isn't it? You know, and then it comes to the days when you got to start thinking to yourself, do I want to keep renting or do I want to buy a home? Now, don't panic. I know the real estate market in Vancouver is horrendous. It's a nightmare. It is depressing when you think about, you know, you're going to, you're looking at at least what, five, six hundred thousand dollars for something decent to live in without a cockroach crawling up your leg in the middle of the night. But you know something? There are a lot of resources out there to help you. If you're a first time home buyer, consider this. There is a lot of help out there for you. There's no way in heck with nowadays market the way it is and all these laws that are protecting the consumer. You know, all the information is out there and plentiful for you guys. Now, how do you start? You know, you, here you are, you're thinking, okay, I don't want to rent anymore because I'm paying like two grand a month. I could be putting that towards a mortgage. Now, like I've said in many times and previously, buying real estate is not an investment. Unless you're paying 100% cash for it, it's not an asset. Why do I say that? Because you're paying for it on a regular basis. You're paying the mortgage. You're paying the bills. You're doing, a, you're doing all the maintenance. Therefore, it's a liability. So get over the idea. you got to stop thinking that I'm going to buy a home and I'm going to sell it when I retire. And you're going to take the money from that and live happily ever after. With the inflation rate in 2019 being 1.8%, you better rethink it. Anyway, where do you start? Okay, well, here's the thing is if you're going to be a first-time home buyer, there is three things that you should really, really consider as the most important. The location, the price, and the plan. Your plans. Now, the location, what's most important, I find, is that my past experiences have been, they matter to what your life is currently and what it's going to look like in the future. So what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is, say, for example, if you're planning on having a family, uh, but you don't have a family, or you're not even married yet, you got to consider all this. You know, do you want to have access to public transportation? Do you want to have um, shopping, like for the groceries, so clothes? And, and if you're planning on having children, you know, do you require to be close to a school or are you going to um, drive your kids to school every day? You know, and another thing, too, is, is that do you plan on renting a portion of the property out? So, so say, for example, when you're buying a, a single family detached home, do you want a secondary suite to rent out? Well, there's a lot of bylaws you got to look into there. And if you're buying a two bedroom condo, you got to find out what the bylaws are with the strata. Do they allow you to rent out? This is all really important stuff, people. Number two thing is, is that the age of the property. Now, here's something I'm going to say right off the bat. 
The depreciation report is the most vital for you to make a good decision on the purchase. Why do I, what is the depreciation report? Well, it's just like your car. You buy a car brand new and you use it over a time frame, and the value of that car goes down because of the wear and tear on the car. Same thing with a building. Now, the most important thing you want to look for in the depreciation report are two things. What is in the contingency report? Like, what is in the contingency right now? Not report, but in the contingency account. Is there enough money in there? And then they're going to look at the depreciation report for big, big repairs. Now, the biggest repair in condominiums is the elevators. I came across, in my experience as a professional realtor, that um, there was nothing wrong with the elevators, but the underground parking had to be redone. That was running into a cost in the millions. We're talking multi-millions of dollars here. So I told my client when I found that out, nope, we're going to avoid that one completely. Hence why the depreciation report is so vital. The more current, the better the information is. And if they don't have a depreciation report, you tell them to get one because you cannot make a, a, an informed decision to buy into that property. Now, here's another thing too, the age of the property. Now, the age of the property is very, very important, okay? Why? Because it's got to do with the insurance. It's got to do with the fire rules. It's got to do with the electrical. Um, is the property a freehold? Is it a leasehold? You know, these are a lot of factors you got to look into, so... Um, another thing I want to talk about is the price per square foot when you're looking at buying a home as a first-time home buyer or even as a second or third or five, fifth or investment. You, here in Canada, price per square foot means a lot more than quantum price. What do I mean by quantum price? Quantum price means the total price you're paying for a home. So in other words, you don't look at the square footage you look at the total price of what you're paying for for the home, which I find is really stupid. Apparently, that's a big thing down in the U.S., but it's in here in Canada, price per square foot is dominating. Why do I say that? Here's an example. My wife bought a condo. She thought it was 505 square feet for one bedroom. Nice executive condo. But when she went to sell it, um, it turned out it wasn't 505 square feet. It was 485 square feet. Still a nice condo, but she could have sued the listing realtor and her realtor for false representation because she she could have sued for that three or $5,000 back in her pocket because they listed it wrong. Yeah, that's pretty important when it comes to square footage. You know, if you're looking at, you know, $5,000 overpaying, what could you do with that extra 5,000 bucks? So that square footage is very important when you're comparing other properties that are comparable to that one subject property. So again, you know, the plan is we're going back to the requirements for your own stay or investing. You know, in the 21st century where we are right now, like it's, it, you know, it's, it's like you got to consider how long do you plan on living there? Are you going to live in it? Are you going to start a family? Are you going to, uh, you got to find out what the local municipality has in mind for the location. Now, here's a, something, another thing that's important. People were running out of land for residential properties. When you have property that's zoned for agriculture, I don't know about the rest of the world, but in British Columbia, it's a bitch to get that really uh, rezoned for residential. Once it's agriculture, 
you're looking at a 10-year wait, if not more, to even get an answer if they're going to convert it. But 99% of the time, unless there's a good, feasible argument for that land to be converted from agriculture to residential, you're shit out of luck. So a lot of times people are saying that they're built-to-order homes. They can't get them because of the mere fact we do not have the space. We don't have the available land. Now, you know, in fact, when it comes to Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, that we have these eco-friendly homes and the light transport plans, bicycling, and all that other stuff that they keep complaining about that we're going into. But at the same time, when you think about it, is it actually what you want? Do you want to pay a premium price for a bill to order? Because you could be buying a house that's still livable for the next 10, 15 years in it, but you're going to pay full market price for it. You're going to tear it down. And even then, you're going to have restrictions on what you can and cannot do on it. So be very careful. First time home buyers, is the new single age 35? Yep. Canadian and Americans are getting married around the age 35 plus, and then maybe they're going to have babies. I don't know. It's a, your choice. But a big question I get asked all the time from first-time home buyers is, what's better, a condo or a townhome? And why are they getting so small? Because we're running out of land. There's lots of agriculture land out there being maximized for their purpose. But again, remember, it's very hard to get it converted from agriculture back to residential. Now, what's better, build to order or resale? Well, I've always told first-time home buyers, go for resale. If you're just a brand new person in the real estate market, think of the real estate market it's like the stock market. It goes up and down. Don't do a build to order. No, don't, don't go there. It's going to cost you way too much money and delays. Plus, you know, the thing is, is that when it comes to first-time home buyers, when you, if you buy a brand new place, like into a brand new condo for a million bucks, which some people do have the money for, there's all kinds of grants that are available for first-time home buyers. You just got to look into it, what's available for the provincial and federal levels. But again, take into consideration what freehold and leasehold is. And, you know, when it comes to freehold, your appreciate capital appreciation is a lot more better than it is for leasehold. And you're probably saying to yourself, what the hell is a leasehold? I never even heard of a, of a leasehold. Well, leasehold in British Columbia, majority of the time, it's going to be owned by the indigenous uh, people. They own the land, you own the house. So therefore, if the lease runs out, um, what is going to happen to your home is all up in the air. Now, I've heard a lot of horror stories when people were to, uh, asked to take their house off their land, when in fact there is no possible way to get that house off that land because of the way it was built. You know, you know, it, it, hands down, people, go for freehold. You might, with a leasehold, you're going to get a cheaper, or I should say, less expensive property, of course, because you're not paying for the dirt. But your appreciation value for freehold is a heck of a lot better. And especially, you know, if you're going to be going to the bank of mom and dad, I think the mom and dad are going to probably say, yeah, uh, we're not going near a leasehold because I want to make sure I get my money back. So with leaseholds, what happens when the 99 years lease is up? Well, 
the property will be returned to the landowner. No questions about it. There's also, there are some other people that are not indigenous people that are, you know, they own the land and they have it for leaseholds. But more than likely what they're going to do is if you can't get your property off that leasehold land, they're going to demolish it. And, or maybe if you're lucky, you're going to get a payout. Market value, I doubt it. Because really when it comes right down to it, they don't give a shit what happens to your house. They own the land. You know, they could tear it down. They could, you know, resell it. They could do whatever they want with it. Otherwise, get that house off their land. Um, but don't hold your breath that they're going to pay you out a fair market value. I doubt it. So when it comes to also, now we're talking about people that already own a house and they want to buy. Should I sell my house before buying another or buy first and sell? Unless you got a ton of money, people, you're going to have to sell before. If you got a good realtor, let's uh, okay, let's, let's throw the realtor idea in there again. The realtor should be able to coordinate the dates, the dates for when you close on selling and the closing on your buy. It can be done, people, and it can be done by yourself. You don't need a realtor to do that. But anyway, should I sell my house before buying another? Yeah. Now, you can own multiple properties under your name or your company name. But remember, in, in British Columbia, there's what's called a vacancy rate, uh, vacancy rate tax. And you know something? In Vancouver, that'll kick you in the ass. If you do not fit, fit a tenant into that extra property or properties, that is not your main place of residence, the city is going to nail your ass with a high tax. And believe me, there's a lot of people are paying a lot of money because of that. Now, if you rent out a room, do you have to declare it? Yes. That was easy enough. Well, of course, because the government wants to know what you're doing and it wants this, its share of money from you. So anyway, point being taken, people, when it comes to first-time home buyers, do your homework. Do your homework. There's no question about it. Can Is this possible to be done without a realtor? 100%, yeah. Save yourself the tens of thousands of dollars in your own pocket instead of paying it to some realtor. That's you, you can do all this yourself. You don't need a realtor with a license to do this. You can do it all yourself. It's called FISBO, for sale by owner. And, you know, when it comes to selling, a lot of people are selling by themselves because they're saving themselves lots of money. Well, the same thing goes with buying. You can buy a home from a realtor. You're still going to be paying uh, a portion of the commission, but you're better off to find a for sale by owner. Now, it's going to be limited, obviously, but I highly recommend just doing all this by yourself. My name is Robert Miller, and I hope you know you got some value out of this. Today is December 2nd, 2019. I am looking forward to my Christmas this year, and at the same time, I have just released a new book on Amazon, and it's called Flipping Houses in 20, 2020. Sorry, I was swallowing at the same time there. Flipping Houses in 2020. Why am I, why am I calling it that? Because of the mere fact People are asking me, what's the best way to get into real estate for flipping houses? A lot of people don't even know the basics. So this book, I have it on uh, coming up. It's coming up on print and soft cover, but it's already available on ebook. So if you want to go on Amazon and look it up at Flipping Houses in 2020, it's right there. 
And you know something? I highly recommend taking a peek at it. I got good reviews on it from uh, a lot of other people that I know in real estate. So take a look at it. Go on Amazon and take a look for Flipping Houses in 2020. Talk to you soon. Bye.